I'd be interested in, not necessarily, I don't need to put you guys on the spot to know if you've been doing the missional homework, but have you sensed your understanding of what it means to be a missional Christian or to be part of a missional church? Is that changing for you? Is it deepening? Does it seem to be clearer now what we're trying to do than it used to be? In what way? Shane and Jen Kimsland. There, there is a very different sense that I, I would say that the sort of lives that all of us who are living now, who are part, regular participants in the table, people would see, wow, what you're doing, you're so committed. And, you, you know, because you're, you're here virtually every week. You come back early in order to be here. And you go and serve additionally. Wow, that's... That's a lot, and at the same time, we're looking at things that can, yeah, but 
there's kind of supposed to be more, isn't there? You know, and, and that's where we are. So we're at this weird place where we know that God is calling us to more. But the people around us think we're already doing more than enough. And that's, that makes this a little bit more difficult, I think. And don't expect that your neighbor really helps you, you know, because it's my it's my job to help my neighbor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's kind of what we. For me, one of the things that I've been surprised at is how slow this process is. Even not not just the process of starting a church, but the process of being a disciple who makes disciples and and helping all of us to do that better. It's slow, but it also feels really good that it's. I don't feel like at the end of this summer we all need to be fully formed missional disciples. You know, it, it's, it's not a 12-step program. It's not a you know, seven easy steps to, you know, God wants you to be healthy, so here are your seven steps. And you do exactly this, and, and you'll be there. It's so much more complicated than that. Um, and for me, it, it's so often like layers of an onion. Okay, I, I feel really comfortable doing the feed my starving children or the loaves and fishes, which is coming up. Soon on a third Tuesday of the month, we'll be out of town. Um, you know, so get comfortable with that, and then start thinking, okay, maybe there's some other things you can do. And then all of a sudden, you start playing this out. It's like, okay, so where, where does it stop? How much is God calling me to do? Because yeah, I like the idea of doing doing a missions trip. Sure, there are bookends there. But oh wow, what does this look? And us figuring that out, I'm really okay with that taking a lifetime. And trusting that God will continue to reveal and continue to stretch us. And that wasn't what I was thinking. (laughs) I was... (laughs) I was expecting that I was going to be a little bit more cut and dry. This has been more messy both the church planting part as well as figuring out what it looks like to be a missional follower of Jesus. It's much much less cut and dried black and white. And that's been reflected as well in the you know, the Centennial Lakes thing. That's the place where I feel like God is calling me, but then I'm also recognizing that 
I don't think it's where God has called all of us. Um, but I know that God has, each, has called each of us somewhere. And so then all of a sudden it gets much more complex. But anytime a new family comes through the, through the doors, I'm going to assume that they have skills and gifts and that God has put people on their hearts to reach. And that's our mission field. And so that all of a sudden is so complex. It's not like we're just trying to reach two blocks each direction of a building. Where it would be artificial for us to strike up conversation. As opposed to the people that you already know. The people that you already work with. The people who are already in our families. And so it's so much more complex. So much more great. But at the same time, I think it's so much easier. And so much, nat- so much more natural when I think about it that those ways. It's not about taking us out of where we are. But in that, then comes the other stuff. It's like, oh, wow. Hmm. Don't know what I think about that. Tonight our topic is hospitality. How would you define hospitality? say that all Americans or the majority of Midwestern Americans would say that that's what hospitality sounds like? My my home is open. Make yourself at home. To my very close friends and family okay. who I've invited. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Because I thought, wow, that is that is very hospitable of you. <laughs> that I think of. 
That's the perfect little hostess. I like what you said earlier in the week when I process, carry off and get the unedited rough versions of this, some of my early questions. What does it look like to be hospitable? Clean bathroom. Mm. <laughs> if nothing else, the bathroom has to be clean. <laughs> I think of I think of my grandma, my mom's mom, who always had some sort of cookie or bar or something, you know, farmhouse, mm-hmm. farm wife, you know. So and people would often just go visiting that's what they do you know and you stop in and it's expected that the person whose house you go to has a sweet treat of some sort and usually coffee or tea or water or lemonade depending on the season but for me I think of I think of my grandma Doris and how she offered hospitality She would make the dinner, take notes on the guys in the field, mm-hmm. you know, then bring everything back. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always, yeah. so that's kind of what I see too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's always cookies. That's one thing I always remember about going there. There's always cookies. Always cookies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cookies are bars. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> You mentioned that biblical hospitality might be different. Um, there in the notes, I, I gave you the, the Greek word for hospitality, which is new to me. I didn't remember learning that in seminary. I probably did. Um, and that's philozenia. Um, do you know the word xenophobia? That's fear of strangers or strange things. And... You know, Philadelphia, the city of love. Adelphos is brother, and the same start as this word, phila. So this is love, but not love of your brother, Philadelphia. This is philazenia, love of strangers. So, so the word hospitality, when used in the New Testament, offer hospitality, means... Love the stranger. Oh boy. Um, yeah, so it's a compound word. Exactly. <laughs> this, this is the exact opposite of stranger danger. This is love the stranger. I don't know if I include, I don't think I include this in, in your notes, but it would have been a thing up on the screen that biblical hospitality is distinctive from the conventional view because it reaches out to undesired neglected people who cannot reciprocate there's a passage in the gospels where Jesus encourages even commands people to do not throw parties for those people who can throw a party for you. Mm-hmm. 
14. Jesus' idea was that if you're really going to show hospitality, and my, my guess is that even the Pharisees who were throwing parties for other Pharisees were thinking of themselves as hospitable. So I, I don't want you to get the idea that even the way that the broader culture was using hospitality was in this way, because Jesus is commending people. No, you, you should do it this way. You know, and Jesus talked about, you know, when you... When you are invited to a party, take the take the lower seat, uh, and because it's so much better to be invited. No, you shouldn't be down there at the foot of the table. You should come up closer. Jesus says it's so much better to have that happen than have him say um, that seat's taken by somebody more important than you. You know, it's, so so there are these things. That, some of these things that Jesus talks about are cultural correctives, and we know that the Pharisees like to hang out with other like-minded people. And they would hang out with the people who are rich and influential, because that's what human beings do. We want to be around people who are like us. We want to be around people who could benefit me some way. But Jesus says, that's not what it means to be truly hospitable. Mm-hmm. So what comes to mind when you hear the word stranger? So, so, so is, is stranger just a neutral term? It, it means someone unknown. It's a man in a trench coat who wants to give you candy to get you in your van, right? Yeah, it's, so it's not a not even a neutral term. This is a negative term for us. So to hear that, okay, biblical hospitality, Jesus holds up as this really being the, the true combination in this compound word, that it's love of stranger. And other places we see that it's stranger just doesn't mean someone that we don't know, but it's someone who's disconnected from relationships. Um or disconnected from basic relationships. So the the people who we we are commended from the time of the prophets, the people that we're supposed to go out of our way for, orphans, the widows, and the aliens, the strangers in the land. Those, Those are the three categories that are usually brought up, and sometimes more generally the poor. Are, are the four that are uh, are lifted up widows you know people it's not just someone who um, doesn't have a husband anymore but in those days couldn't work couldn't own property um, and usually when that term is used um, is often without family to care for so they are really without connection they're out without resource this is you know before social security, any of those nets, um, orphans. You know, if you know, you, you you think about this guy, and what would happen if you guys were gone? What what connections would he have? You know that there's a family who would swoop in because you guys are connected. So he wouldn't 
you know, yes, he'd be an orphan in the strict sense, but he wouldn't be orphaned. Um, and, and so, orphans, widows, the alien, the stranger, same word, you know, th- those people who have come in and are migrant workers, those sorts of things happened back then. You know, they're leaving a, a bad place in order to do this. Those are the, those are strangers. And according to this idea of biblical hospitality, those are the sorts of people that we're supposed to love. It's not agape. It's not unconditional. It's not God's love for us. This is this is the uh, affectionate love of brother, love of other human beings. It's um, yeah, of the of the three words um, used for love: eros being the, the more sexual, intimate love; agape. Um, Unconditional, never-ending. This is the more human, everyday love. That's what we're supposed to have for strangers. So putting that information kind of on the back burner for just a second, putting pause on that. When we think about hospitality, and for us, our grandmothers coming to mind, that, that's, that's what it looks like. Um, for you opening your house, for Carrie having a clean bathroom, um, what what are the what would you say are some barriers? Why don't we offer hospitality like this all the time, or very much, depending on? There's a drop off there. Feeling like I don't have enough resources to take care of all of their needs, so I might as well just not even bother with a little bit because I'm not going to be able to really make that much of a difference. (coughs) I know that's one of my excuses in the past. Like, what's one dinner? It's not going to. I don't know that my dad ever said it, but I got this idea that a man's home is his castle. I've heard other people say that. and There's this idea that inside our house, that's, that's a private space. This is where I'm safe from the world. This is where I'm safe from... <laughs> Everybody else. The strangers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can't can you? Um, you know, just just that idea that this is my space and, and I I can often be over I can be overly self protective of my time of my space and I can I can throw little pity parties from time to time saying I just I just don't want to. I don't wanna give any more, I don't wanna spend you know, there was that opportunity this afternoon. Um where I had the opportunity to, to stay home and rest after a long day or a couple of days of working for catering stuff that wasn't even my stuff it was Carrie's stuff and I was being big enough to help her and you know then I'll, there's a, a picnic for, for Bethany folks this afternoon and I don't know where I want to go 
but we went, and it was good. But for me, that there's a way that that's that's being hospitable too. It's giving people my time and my energy. So I think one of the reasons that we're less hospitable now than maybe that the housewife in the 50s is lack of margin, the lack of extra time and space in our lives. When both husband and wife have to work, there's stuff that needs to get done in the evenings. There's stuff that needs to get done on weekends where when you had a homemaker, and that was stereotypically speaking, that was her job, was to do the, the shopping and the cleaning and the washing and you know all of those things. Uh, that was her job. There was more margin then to do things, to be able to have something sweet um, for anybody who would drop by. It's still, you know, it's still amazing to me that my grandma was able to do all that she did, um, you know, gardening and helping my grandpa run the farm and all the cooking and all the washing and a lot of the mowing and she volunteered at church but somehow you know raising three children. and raised three children <laughs> I did say children um, but there seems to be more margin in life um, than there is now I, I think that that affects how hospitable we're willing to be because I don't always feel like we have time to clean the bathroom we always have time to clean the bathroom um, but that's one of those things that you know, that's the feeling I have oh man <laughs> I'll do this if you do that <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, that, that is how it gets done um And so, and so there, there is that realization, realization that whenever we are being hospitable, we're choosing someone else over myself, over me, over myself, and that's not natural for me. I know some people for whom that comes much more easy. Carrie, it comes a lot more easy for her than for me. I'm much more self-protective. Carrie's first response is usually, "Okay, how can I give?" and Sometimes I say, "How are you going to do that with all that all that you need to do?" I don't know, but that you know that's Carrie's leading. My I am as usually I'll say no and then maybe end up doing it or something. Your person thinks it's how to protect yourself. Yep. Mine is how to. How to not have someone be disappointed in you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, and and so neither of those are, are healthy, <laughs> you know, starts. Um, and so this is what we come to, this place of, okay, wanting to be a missional follower of Jesus. What does this mean and what does this look like when it comes to hospitality? Under the chair. Under the chair. <laughs> Are you okay now? 
That does not happen every week. <laughs> so, John and Aaron, you guys are in a unique season of life with the, the news and the things that you have coming up, what do you think hospitality is going to look like for you in the next in the next season? Or even what would you want it to look like? I don't know. Uh, um, that being true. Yeah, there is, in a weird and almost backward sense, there is a generosity that takes that it takes to receive someone else's gift. When you don't want to receive it, <laughs> especially. It, it takes it takes a big person to receive that well, <laughs> and and to like you said honor the gift for what it is. I don't really need this, but thank you, and I understand why you're doing it, and I understand that you need it. So the best thing I can do to love you and serve you is say okay. Thanks. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> As I asked the question, that's kind of what I thought, hearing the, the conversation and knowing where you guys are. It's, hospitality is going to be different for you guys now. It, you are going to get to open up your lives a little bit for people who need to process this more closely than you might seek. <laughs> you know, you can reassure them over the phone as much as, you know, over and over and over again. Sure <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but until they're actually here and with you to reassure them, that's. Mm-hmm. Little things like, I mean, John and I moved here away from our family on purpose. <laughs> I mean, that's what we wanted. They're close enough where we can go, but we wanted to be independent from them. And so we have lived very so we have figured out how to do all this, all the appointments, and take care of David and our jobs and our lives. But they so want to be there and be helpful 
appointment. Carrie, how about for us? What would you say hospitality looks like for us in this next season? You know, I think we've been talking a lot for a long time about month month having some having somebody over and making it a point to have more dinners or whatever it is with people that we've been praying for and friends of ours that we've haven't done a good job of keeping in touch with and talked about how well, our relationships are so important when we're at church and then we just kind of take time to nurture those relationships in real life and that I think that this next season needs to be are we going to really be serious about it or not because if we're not going to be then we need to stop talking about it <laughs> <laughs> And so letting you into our, our personal life and into my head, um, knowing what you now know about me and my desire for self-preservation. Um, as, as Carrie says this, I completely agree, but the thoughts that are going through my head are what this coming but. year. Yeah, it's okay, but um, this coming year I'm going to be working at Minnehaha teaching a Spanish class. I will likely have another job plus this. Uh, and so I think, okay, evenings are most likely going to be church work and church meetings. So how how do we do it? How do I how do we do it and still have boundaries and margin? You know. And so I think of all these things. What it looks like in this season, I don't know. But I also know that it's not enough to say, "Well, my job of being hospital happens here," or "My my job is to get you to be hospitable." You know, um, you know that that would be much easier. But that's not how I want to leave. That's one of those things where, okay, so it needs to be different. And it's going to be different for us than it is for you guys. But I don't know. I also would like to see us spending more time with my parents. Because they're going to be lost in the We're going to need to be willing to hang out with them more. Mm-hmm. Or I will be spending more time with my mom outside of work for a little while. Mm-hmm. 
professionally, or kind of in professional spheres, one of the ways that I've lived out hospitality is I'm I'm very aware of new people, new pastors, and like covenant pastors meetings. Um, Because I remember how important it was to be new and have someone recognize that I'm new, introduce themselves, and introduce me to other people. Um, And that has made a big difference for me in how I live and serve and work. And so I like to be that sort of person for other people. I'm not as involved in, in covenant things as I was, but still that's that's one of those sorts of things that I like to do. I like to connect people and look for those people who seem to be without connections because I like connections I like knowing who people are and what people do and make connections I'm guessing that you're already getting this, but I like to connect the dots. So what you're doing is is biblically hospitable. You are helping that person who doesn't have connections, helping them incorporate into the system, in, into the structure. And in so doing, you are actually loving them. And you're doing it in a way that works for you professionally and also personality-wise, because you are an introvert. And it wouldn't work for you to stand up in front of the auditorium of 700 people and do that same thing. And introduce the new people. And introduce the new people and, and, and do it in such a way where everybody, you know, loves you and thinks you're the, you're the funniest person ever. You know, that um, you, you're really good one-on-one. And so to be able to use your more introverted side where you connect more deeply with people and then help them to connect, I would say that's biblical hospitality. And I would say that's one of those things where, <laughs> again, part of, for, for me, one of the funnest things about looking at what does it mean to be a missional follower of Jesus, what does it mean to be a missional church, is to say, okay, how do I do what I've what I'm most natural doing in a way that gives glory to God. And so, doing what you do well 
doesn't necessarily have to bring in Jesus to be biblically hospitable. But it's, yeah, being authentically you and loving people and being hospitable wherever you are, wherever you go. And God seems to open those doors. encourage you to look at the, the missional living homework. Identify the strangers in your neighborhood. Who are the strangers in your neighborhood? <laughs> That's not how the song is supposed to go. But um, and, and there are strangers in quotes because it's the, the biblical idea. Who are those people who are disconnected? Who might those people be without resources, without community? second part there's three ways three things that need to change to allow you to make hospitality a way of life develop a plan to take steps towards being more hospitable towards strangers who is the first stranger you will welcome On the other side of your bullets. Next week at the table, we're doing a neighborhood listening activity. So we've, I've got an opportunity for you to fill in some blanks. I will do the listening activity on which day, or date, at what time, and with whom. So part of what we want to do at the table is remind each other that we're not alone. And even though, yes, it's serving in your neighborhood, um, 
it might not be there. You know, for me, it's it's a public place. It's God putting some place on your heart. Go there and invite somebody. So I would highly recommend that you actually put something on your calendar. Um, it doesn't have to be Sunday night. It doesn't have to be in the evening. It could be whenever. Um, to go through the listening activity. And there are some of those here. Exactly the same thing as we did last time. But I, I love this different perspective of doing what doing what we did, but now in the area where God has called you. You've seen it done in a place that might not be where you're called to. But I would, I would recommend it. something at a local hangout like somebody's garden hose <laughs> yeah you know and, and so some of that that's a good point some of these questions will will work uh, some of these statements don't make any sense you know as <laughs> as you stand at your starting point this morning what do you see as you look at what you know it might not be morning when you do it so some of them may fit others you have to figure out you know, what does it mean Grab something at a local watering hole. Do you dare go into the Frenchman? The first time I, I went into the Frenchman's was just a couple months after the end of Minnesota's smoking indoors or something mm-hmm. like that, where all bars, so it still had the smell. I think. Probably hasn't changed much in there. It has not. <laughs> think they weren't quite ready for what would happen when people stopped smoking and then they changed light bulbs. <laughs> so when we get together in two weeks, there isn't going to be a sermon necessarily, but it, it'll be kind of like this for part of it. Okay, so what are you learning about being missional? What is it saying to you? But then also part of it is, okay, what happened on your walk? Did you do it? What did you see? What stood out to you? What surprised you about your experience? And food in two weeks because it's almost state fair time at that point. If it's not, it will be the weekend after that because it it is late. Dinner on a stick. So potluck, but put it on a stick. I like parts of the aircraft. It's a little scary. Lucky Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go get the cupcakes. That's right, we still have cupcakes. That's why I'm like, what time is it? We gotta have cupcakes. <laughs> 